Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Four down, one to go. This is Rock and Roll. So hello and welcome to Rock and Roll on the back of another big week of Six Nations Rugby. Joining me, as usual, Ryan Worley. How are you doing, Ryan? Yeah, not bad. Wonderful uh, wonderful text messages that I've had after work. But apart from that, I'm all great, mate. All great. It's good to see that you've let it wash over you and not let it get you. For the I'm, not, I'm not bitter at all. <laughs> and joining us, a much happier looking guest. <laughs> I guess the works in education, you had to school us both on rugby. Um, and on a week where we could see him set an incredible feat, it's only fitting that we have Alan Wynn's biggest fan with us. So, Kate Jarvis is here. How are you doing, Kate? I'm all right, thank you. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Good to you. So, we'll dive straight in with the news, no messing around. And we'll start with Alan Wynn. Rumours going round of a possible move abroad. A trip to Japan on the cards for Alan Wynn. Do we believe it? Do we think it might be happening? Nah. <laughs> Kids straight in and not accepting it. Nah. Is that a nah, it's not happening, or is that a nah, I don't want it to happen, Kate? It's a nah, I don't want it to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think the Ospreys will do all they can to keep him. It's, yeah, I, I, I don't see him going, and I think if he gets his fourth Grand Slam next week, Pivak's going to do all he can to, to keep him in, in Wales and keep him going as long as he can. So I, I, I don't think he's going to go, OK, yeah, OK, he deserves it. The money the money will be good, even if he just did a year out there. But I think I think everyone in Wales will want him to stay. Yeah, I, I've been saying for a while, I think this is probably the, his last year in a world shirt, which is always difficult to say like, as a Welsh fan to accept that Alan Wynn's got an expiry date. He's not looking close to that, I'll be honest. Like The performances he's put in, despite what Lee Jarvis thinks, the performances he's put in in the Six Nations have been absolutely incredible. And he's he's like rolled back the years. 
But I think that at some point we've got to accept that a time is going to come and it's either going to be a World Cup year or a Lions year, I think, with equals time on it. He's in well, the Lions squad, isn't he? Yes. He captains it, isn't he? No, I, I've had I've had this I've had this discussion with many people, in, including including my dad, including other people in my family, including fans around where I, I live, that he will go, he will be tour captain, not necessarily test captain. So he will be there because he is a senior player, he knows what to do, he's he's been there before. And I think he'll go there to to mould and guide those players that might not have been there before. And he's just, he's captain Wales for so long and so well. I just think he'll be there as a tour captain. He might play one, he might play one test, but the second row options are massive for the Lions at the moment. Gatlin's going to have a real headache with that. But I do think he's going to be there, whether it's test or tour, but he's going to be there. See, going into this, I think it was I, I would have wanted him in my, my test team anyway, but I think on the back of this if you're looking at second rows who've played well this tournament he's been outstanding England, obviously, they've got a Todger, but he's a championship player, so can you take a step level of we've got, we've got Gray there we've got, but I, he offers something else and, he, he's, and I know James Ryan is, is obviously going to be knocking on the door, but as well, well well, I was looking forward to James Ryan against Otoji at the weekend, but I've just read that James Ryan is out for the England game. Yeah. So it's a bit of a... I was looking forward to that battle, but it's not going to happen now. <laughs> to be honest, I don't think it's going to come down to it. I think the battle is going to be more Taj Burn against Mauro Otoji anyway, because I think I think the two players... if, if, if you, For me, if you pick the squad now, the, the only two definite starters for me... Uh, Alan Wynn and Taj Burn, and whether that's second row or Burn at six, I think those two start. It's a good Welsh pronunciation of Taj as well. I like that. Yeah, Taj. Are we are we saying Taj? <laughs> yeah, Taj. <laughs> it's always been Taj. He'll never be Taj. I obviously as a as a Scarlets fan, like it's no surprise to me to see the Burns playing this well at the international level because he's looked an international quality player since he was with us. Mm. And I dare I say he's taken a step up even. At Munster, they like say he's become fully a test animal. I think he's good enough for Lions. At the very least, he's a he's a dirt track player and he's he's playing your midweek games. He's absolute quality. Whether you pick him though in a second row, or you pick him up blindside, or is that why he's the perfect option to to chuck on the bench? Mm. But I, I I agree that I think you're looking at standout players at the moment. He's up there. We still haven't answered the question, or you haven't. Katie's made her feelings quite well known. Do you think Alan Wynn's going to Japan? No, because Alan Wynn, for me, is the type of person that deserves to go there and have a massive payout payday, but he doesn't appear to be the type of bloke that would go there for a massive payday. So whereas you get some people at the end of their careers mentioning mentioning no names that goes to just places just to get a lot of money, um, like he's gone with the Giltinis and Adam Ashley Cooper and probably more than likely Drew Mitchell will do it as well. Um, Alan Wynn doesn't seem that type to me. He seems the type of guy that even if Saturday, for example, is his final game, I don't think anything will be announced. Like he'll just slip away. He'll just retire in the autumn, for example, after the Lions and nothing's said. He's not going to have a sort of swan song sort of, sort of um, send off like Shane did with his big testimonial at the stadium. 
um, on the game that we played against Australia, I don't think we'll, we'll know. I think he'll just slip away quietly because I think that's the type of person he is. Um, I think if he was more of a money grabber or whatever, then I think obviously the Japan thing may have come out already. Um, but I, I can't see it happening. Do you think that Japan could prolong his international career? If it was a case of a year in Japan so he can play in the World Cup, I might might say yes. <laughs> but I can't see it happening. I, I can't see it. I'd quite like this year. I think it's a, a nice place for him to go to... Uh, you know, you, you'll see him play as well still. It's a nice mix. It, it Like, it's got that sort of feel of... It's got players who's still at the peak and then players who perhaps a little bit past it. And so it's become a bit of a showcase and I think it'd be great. Well, watching watching Freddie Burns' his Instagram, he seems to be absolutely loving it out in, in yeah. Japan. And, and I know that they've... Uh, there's rumours that, that Tigers want him back, but uh, that there was rumours that the, the team he's with want him again for for next season but he looks like he's absolutely loving life and out there Alex Good, I think said I think Alex Goode said that he's loving it he, he thinks it's great and they've got little mini rivalries going on with sort of the, um, is it is it Launch yeah is it Launchbury's out there or George Cruz out there George Cruz is out George there George Cruz is out Cruz there, is out there. And they've got like little mini uh, rivalries going on for when their teams are there and then sort of messing it. it. It seems like it's a nice balance of professional rugby to still having a laugh. So, yeah, I've, and I think regardless of what he decides to do, nobody can feel bad against Alan with making that decision. No. Like he's given just about everything he can. Um. I was going to dive into, uh, obviously, we cancelled last week's pod, so lucky for, for Kate, because I was going to mention the Dragons-Ospreys game. So we won't <laughs> dive into that now. But a nice little touching moment uh, from that one with Ashton Hewitt when he scored his try and threw up the A's. So we all are um, aware of the story that he's met this this kid in Newport who yeah. has given him a celebration of the A's because he's called Ali and this Ashton and Ali. Lovely little touching and inspiring moment. Where he said he's been inspired against Ashton, stand against racism, and and drawn towards the game. Kate, even as a as an Ospreys fan, that must have given you a little bit of a a nice moment to see. Yeah, he does, and he's he's helping Welsh rugby as well. He's helping Welsh rugby understand a, a little bit more as well, and he's just yeah, hats off to him massively. He he is helping, and he's he's to do that as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like a lot of people, a lot of people did tweet why why is he doing that and everything. But then he put actually put out himself the story, and then there was the video from Ali as well. That's that um, he yeah. said thank you, and Ashton's actually going to go and see him when times can actually you can actually see people. But yeah, <laughs> when we're allowed to leave the house. Yeah, the, the only disappointing <laughs> the only disappointing from all of that for me for me though is that we potentially haven't seen or may not see that on an international stage with the options we've got in the back lane it's a, it's a shame that he doesn't get to do that in a wedge you know you never know summer tours coming up yeah I, a few players got a chance to sort of lay a marker down I mentioned that Ospreys game but so Kieran Williams looked very good in that game mm-hmm. yeah Ashton put in a hell of a performance Jonah Holmes has looked absolutely brilliant for me. he's taken a lot of shit his try in the Dragons game on Saturday to get them their bonus point, that yeah. was, yeah. And he's a good, strong carrier of the ball. Like he, he doesn't do 
the fancy stuff, perhaps. And I, he's always going to have trouble breaking in while Louis Resummit is being Louis yeah. Resummit and doing Louis Resummit things. But he's a good at what he does. He carries strong. He's quick. He's a. I'd like to see him in that squad still. I'd like to see Jonah Holmes involved in there somewhere because he can cover all that back line. And he does offer that something a little bit different, like a little bit more of a, a bludgeon rather than a, a rabbit. So, yeah, I, there was a few players chucked their hands up. So it would be nice to see Ashton doing it on that uh, big stage. Maybe Jonah Holmes is just having to wait until uh, a certain other left winger gets another baby and has to do another gender reveal party. <laughs> just waiting on uh, unlawful organised <laughs> social gatherings yeah. why why would you why would you even <laughs> yeah. um, another nice story for me not as emotionally so but apparently the the england rugby team have become communists so as a a liberal walk lefty as i keep getting called on twitter that was quite nice apparently ben youngs is now uh he's embraced communism and decided that their pay will be split evenly regardless of of match time you mean the man that whatever he does still gets picked for england <laughs> well to be fair wano will go on to the games this week it's a weird moment. Yeah. Ben Youngs was perhaps the best name. <laughs> I know, but still, he just gets. It's like he has he has moments, and then it's like, yeah, Eddie Jones will now pick him for another like forty games, and it's just. Well, he had. I think I tweeted it on Saturday. He was brilliant for like sixty minutes, and then he decided to pick a ball up, kick it out in the full with absolutely nothing on. <laughs> we go, ah, there's Ben Youngs. We went right up to the real Ben Youngs there for an hour, but he's back. But no, yeah, no, I. I, I agree with them all with the pay thing. It, it, it's it's especially during COVID times as well. Yeah. Like you've got you've got players that are just sitting on the sidelines doing not a lot, and they they they've been pulled into the England side and just not being not being played. And it's Ollie Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Harry well, Randall. Been... Harry Randall before he got injured as well. <laughs> He's Welsh, by the way. <clears throat> <laughs> Well, That's I'm hoping yeah. that Wales will snap him up now. We've Randall and the dog who players who Eddie called in just to try and get them capped so they can be English and then he'll never pick them again. No. Till uh, rolling out an 86 year old Ben Youngs to play at nine. Because he's got <laughs> just still, like he got still eating passes into the touchline now, isn't he? <laughs> he comes on and kicks the ball off his zimmer into touch. <laughs> he'll still be playing. He will. He's Eddie's choice. He's, he's nailed his, his colours to the mast and he's not changing. Yeah. He's going to go on that tour as well, isn't he? The Lions? I think, I hope not, but I think he will. I, I can't see him myself. I can't see him going. No, I think I think he'll pick him because he, he would have gone in 2017 when he obviously dropped out of for himself because of obviously Tom's wife and stuff at the time. So <clears throat> I think he's going to go. I, I wouldn't think pick him. he wouldn't be in my top fifteen scrum halves in in uh, UK at the minute, but I think you'll I think you'll end up in that's probably top three. I, well, I I would say last time there was perhaps not as many nines to choose from of, of an international quality. In my opinion, I think he look at I, I, it's Gatland, so you can get Webb is going to go. <laughs> no, he, I don't think he will. Do you not think? No. 
I think he'll take Webb. He'll take Murray. But he's in. He's, take... he's injured again, though. Webb's injured again. <laughs> it's that's the problem. He goes and then he gets injured and then he comes back and then he gets injured. It wouldn't surprise me if he does a Greg Laidlaw and if he takes Gibson Park because he can kick goals as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm still as yet unconvinced by Jamie Gibson Park. If I'm honest, I, I might be in a. I'm. I'm thoroughly unconvinced at a time when there's a lot of good nine options in Britain and Ireland especially that we, we're blessed at the minute especially with, with Thomas Williams and Keegan Hardy who are two of my, my favourite exciting nines I mean you could go all out and take Steele from Scotland I mean he can play the back row as well now as we saw <laughs> <laughs> you got those extra options well, perhaps Scotland will take it one step further than drop in Brian O'Driscoll and just go full Welsh at nine. I'll take Webb, Thomas, and Kevin Hardy, Gareth no, Davis, um, Geography Six. He's not going to pick Hardy. Apparently, he's taking Lloyd Williams. Oh, the fuck. I mean, he might as well. He might as well just take most of Wales because you can throw a Tipperick in at centre as well. <laughs> We've gone full utility in our 15. Oh, we can. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. A lot of the Welsh players can play anyway. A lot. Wherever yeah. they wherever they want yeah. to. Yeah, because at the end of the day, Tipton Tobes are always on the wing, and they so it's not they know yeah. they don't really play seven and eight, do they? Well, I'm oh. gonna come on to that later on. Put Ken it's Owens good. at fullback, it's fine. <laughs> Just put him on a wing, he's scoring tries for fun. Exactly. <laughs> So while we're talking Lions as well, the um, the women's Lions been mooted uh, with the the poll going up this week to see if anyone's interested in watching the women's Lions. Got to be a great thing for the game, hasn't it? Massively. I, I mean, I mean, you 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 see that you see the successes in other women's sport as well. It's like you you need to push it with, with with all sports. It's not like you need to push it with one or two sports. You need to push it with with more with more sports. Like we've got near me, well, our um our local rugby club, the women's division, the girls' division is one of it is amazing up there. Like it it's it's one of the best in, in the county. It's it's good. And for them to see a women's lion store, I think, would would be amazing. Which, but yeah, <laughs> that's just my take on it. You need to inspire, not just. You need to inspire generations and genders, if that makes sense. Yeah. Inspire both. Not it's not just for one. Anyone can play it, and hopefully, if you saw a women's lions a lot a women's lions team, it will inspire more girls to take up the sport as well. Yeah, totally agree. I think it's the biggest crime in, in UK sport that it hasn't already been done. <clears throat> I think it should have been, it should have been not like you can't necessarily go back and say it should have been done in the 70s because obviously women weren't necessarily playing rugby and sport as much back then. But certainly as women's rugby has become sort of more prominent, whether you look at early 2000s or even from the point like where the Red Roses won the World Cup a few years ago. It should have been something that was looked at. The Barbarians was something that was obviously brought in, which was fantastic. And everyone that went there sort of enjoyed their time and stuff. But I wonder, 
and I know this was this was something that was brought up as well the other day. I wonder whether it will follow the men or whether it should be done against the teams that are stronger in the women's division. So the likes of like the Canadas, etc., are probably better, I believe, than like the likes of South Africa. Like we all knew sort of um New Zealand and Australia, they they their women's teams are fantastic, especially New Zealand. But I think Canada, France, those teams probably would give a more sort of a harder challenge than maybe South Africa would in the women's sort of rugby. But it should still be definitely looked at whether it's followed like this or or whether they look at something like Ryan was mentioned the other day where they sort of combine some teams. So maybe a, a mixed team playing played against the British Lions sort of thing, um, Southern Hemisphere, Northern Hemisphere or whatever, um, to sort of balance it out a little bit to make it more of a of an even field, I suppose. But definitely, definitely needs to be something that's done. Well, obviously we'll look at that. I, I can't see a downside. I know people will say that England are much stronger, and obviously that's because they've they've gone professional. They, 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 but we've got plenty of players from Wales and from Scotland playing within that that Premiership. So there's plenty of players that can step in there. And so yeah, Wales and Scotland and Ireland might not have those full squads, but they say like I'd love to see the likes of Jazz Joyce turning out yeah. oh, and see what they can do and all in their own. Even if that is, and you say about those games, but why not as a trial then? Let's have a, a British Lions versus Barbarians game. Now we've seen yeah. the, the women's bar bars and the support that they got, and people backing that. I'd, I'd love to watch that. Yeah, agreed. I, I, rest of the world Barbarians against the British Lions would be yeah. absolutely superb. Fun fact for you. T- no, I'm, I mentioned the team that up, the, the team that playing, Rachel Burford started there. That's the local club. That's where she started. <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's where, yeah, she was in the junior section at that club. And, and to add to that, there's a, there's a very, very good women's rugby team very close to me. And that's the team that Rachel Burford played for when she was, when she was playing for England. So, yeah. I feel left out because I've got absolutely no connections to Rachel Burford. So <laughs> I apologise. You know someone called Jessica who knows Rachel Burford. That's your Yeah, connection. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and like I obviously I'm coaching mini rugby, and for me, like, we've got we wouldn't have a side without girls. Like, there's, there's no two ways about there. Without girls playing rugby for us, we would have had no side. We couldn't sustain it. We had a predominantly girls team playing. That's why this year we've had to sort of go our separate ways because we've hit that age group where boys and girls got to start playing separately, and so we can't support two teams to give them the ability to watch women at the highest level compete in a, a showcase, a showpiece event would be absolutely superb. And we've got something getting up and we, we took them down to a game to watch Wales women play and you know we're taking them to these events. So if that was televised and shown in front of a full stadium and said, look, this is what you can be. This is what you can do. And it's, it's the old saying, like, if you can't see it, you can't be it. Like, you, you mm. need something to aspire to, something to, to think, and that's what we need to be doing. And the women's game is growing so fast and it's superb to see how far it's come because it's been allowed to grow, because that it's always been there. Like the women's game's always been there and people have always wanted to play the game. But the fact that it's now getting a bit more visibility and a bit more sponsorship and a bit more backing and people are open to it is absolutely, so it just seems like the next logical step 
to put that in there and say, well, let, let's make the Lions. And I say, if that starts off being games against the Barbarians, personally, I'd say to this, I would love to see the, the men play France as well. Mm. So the women playing a French team would, would be brilliant. I can't see any reason why that can't happen. No, so, okay. well, we'll wait and see, but I can't fathom a reason why you wouldn't want it. And if you don't want to watch it, fine, put something else on. Loads of fucking channels. Turn, turn, turn off, watch something else. No, exactly. I suppose while, while we're chatting women's rugby there as well, obviously, is a, is a bit of a story coming out the other day as well, Steph, that I know we want to talk about, which <clears throat> really, I know you tweeted a little bit about it, but about Heather Fisher. Um, it's just... Like to have to to have that feeling of being in her position and not thinking you can go and use sort of public toilets and stuff because of the, the abuse she's had. Like it's just it's just terrible, isn't it? It's absolutely disgusting. Again, like it's been an issue in society that, that seems to be getting no, I would say worse because obviously we've hit lower points, but certainly people are becoming more vocal again. And there seems to be this little core group of people who think that it's acceptable. It's absolutely disgusting to hear someone after go through that. I was going to say someone is like a hero as Heather Fisher is, because obviously she's an absolutely fantastic player doing it at the top level of the game. And one of the people who would stand up, we watch Heather Fisher play. Well, fuck, like, she's a great player. But it's not acceptable for anyone to go through that. Like, regardless of what you do, whatever you, you do as you walk of life, whatever your job is, whatever your background is, for anyone to have to live that way and go through that is absolutely disgraceful. But say that, you know, when she's going to the toilet, she's had to take teammates with her to explain to people because it's, it's absolutely mind-boggling mm. that that would be the case for somebody. I just, It was something that sort of I read... Would have been last week, I think, wasn't it? The story came out. Yeah, yeah. And just so heartbreaking to read, like genuinely emotionally difficult to read her talk about that, and obviously going through through difficult times anyway, because she's going through alopecia and going through anorexia. So it's a time that's already hard for you as a person, without also having to to pick yourself up because you're in the public eye because you're this fantastic fucking rugby player. To then have to deal with that, it was just really difficult for me. It was, it was a really hard read, so I can't imagine how it must be for her or people who are in a similar situation to it to have to live through that and not feel like you can be accepted. It's that comment. It's that comment she made on on the BBC article, and I hope more people will acknowledge that people are different. Yeah, that's the comment. It's mm. that's the bit that got me. That, and it's the fact that she says that she she tries to mix it up by wearing different glasses and hats and everything. And, and she says about those pe the people that wear wigs because they feel that that's their only option. That shouldn't be their only option. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't be your only option. And it, it shouldn't, people shouldn't comment on it. People shouldn't, yeah, they sh yeah. It, 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 it's absolutely disgusting. It's disgraceful. And I know this is, Aside from a rugby issue, this has become bigger, but rugby's gone through a really difficult shit time with people and their opinions as of late. And this, we mention it quite regularly, but this fucking hashtag rugby values absolute bollocks, where because someone says, yes, sir, to a referee, apparently we're better. When you look at the things that are put on social media or the people, things that are said face to face to people, and it's 
fucking embarrassing. It's awful. It's disgusting. But social, social media has had such a bad... Like, I remember... must Well, it must have been... 2019? 2018? 2019? When Gareth Anscombe got all that crap... Yeah. For him not being, I remember. I remember putting a tweet out about it, saying that he was he. I can't remember what I put, but like people, oh, I can't remember what I put about like him. He did he because he people were slating him for something that he did in the game, but it wasn't actually him. And I, <laughs> yes. I just remember, I just remember putting something out saying like you can't blame him for it. It was a, it was something to do with the team. I can't remember what exactly what it was, but he got so much shit for it, and it did it, it, it affects them. And I don't think people realise that stuff on social media does have that knock-on effect yeah. in confidence. And I think that's where we sort of treat sports people as well. Something like they like you're meant to be this robot, and then we also knock the robotic ones down, like. You want one right, you're on the field and they're saying you've got to block out everything that's happening in your life, which is unrealistic. Like you go into a day-to-day job and if you're feeling shit about something that's happened at home, that affects your work. And that's just real that's just mm-hmm. how, how life works. It's like so players are no different, they're just who but then when players have no personality, anything they got, look at him's like a fucking robot, and we we have got players for that as well. It's so, like it's like everyone goes, Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's the media to blame, it's the media to blame, it's the media to blame. Look what happened to Reese Priestland. Yeah, he ended up going to counselling because of the comments. And then, sort of, uh, two weeks ago, we had the thing with uh, Sonia McLaughlin, exactly. Yeah, where people are sending her abuse on Twitter, and she's, as she said, I'm crying in my car, like trying to deal with it. And then the comments that Joy Neville got this weekend for that I told you try as well, and I'm like, don't. Why? Why should they be getting the men- the mentions for it? Keep it, and it, it was. It was from fans that, that that didn't know as well, and it's like just just keep your comments to yourself. It's but even even like oh, I've seen I've seen it with loads of the Welsh players them absolutely slating them down to the down to the bottom. It's but yeah, I think <laughs> this all goes into a bigger bigger subject with what like me and you were on the chat the other day the other day, Kate and um. Where we have to deal with people that know that don't know Ugh. rules that they don't know the actual ins and outs of the game, and it's such a like, a, yeah. like we like you, I guarantee you a lot of those tweets are people that watch the sport because it's on telly and to follow it because England are playing or Wales are playing or Scotland are playing and don't actually watch it because they're fans of the sport, and like we've had a conversation about how like. There was tweets that you you had seen yourself for over the last couple of days where people being slated for not like in the England game not taking the three not taking the seven points when the three points were an option and we're seven points behind etc. But by yeah. doing what they did, they then got back up to the field and got the try and won the game. Whereas they're looking at it going, we need seven points, not looking at it going, we've got 15 minutes left. That three is going to help us. And like I'd said to you, the whole conversation I've had with people were the Wales and Scotland game that I basically voice noted the whole match for my friends up here because they were watching it because they wanted to watch to see, I'll be honest, to see Wales lose because they're trying to have a go at me because I'm living in England, but were trying to get into the game. And I spent the whole of the 80 minutes voice noting what each decision was because they kept getting messages. And it's just a case of you need to get to a point where the people that are giving the abuse, I believe, are ones that don't actually know rugby and are just there 
for want of a better phrase, the fair weather friends. That, and yeah. I'm not going to slag off. I'm not going to slag off the people of Cardiff and stuff. But when you go to Wales international games and you see the standard dress code of the men in the like jumpers, jeans, shoes, the women in the cowboy hats, the shirts, the the, the denim skirts, etc. It's those that go to get pissed, I suppose, at an international game and not go and watch the game. And it's those people are the ones that are then going to be tweeting. Well, funny you should mention those people because I didn't get to go to many Six Nations games last year because the last one I was meant to go to fucking COVID ruined, which is the Scotland game. Uh, but we went to the Italy game, so the first game, and a guy who shouted for the full 80 minutes, you don't know what you're doing, you're playing like fairies for 80 fucking minutes. Bearing in mind, we won that game 40 nil, so we nilled Italy that day. <laughs> See, like, I, because I, back in 2019, I, I was lucky, I did Paris and Edinburgh, and the French fans, whatever happens, they are just noisy. It's the noisiest game I've ever been to, especially in Paris. It is like full on. But like I was, I was shouting at at players, and then I I had French fans mimicking me, and I was like, "What is the point?" I was like, "I'm all I was doing. I was shout. I think I think I was shouting for George North or something." And they were just mimicking me. And I was like, what is, what's the point? Like, but well, e- even in France, you get the same same type of people yeah. as you get in Cardiff. You get the ones that are there just to drink, even though majority of Paris, the stadium was non-alcoholic drinks anyway. So, <laughs> that, yeah. At least you had the last laugh I did cheering on George North. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best one. What's the French for shove out your ass? <laughs> I need to learn that for next time. <laughs> um, and then on the, the similar theme with social media, uh, Jiffy mm. yesterday, this is recorded on Monday night, just in case it goes out a little bit late, but Jiffy yesterday on Scrum 5, where there was a nice piece put together with Sarah Davis out at the Scarlet, who's absolutely superb. And um, I spoke to Sarah on social media. She's she's brilliant. And all the people who know her, like, talk very highly of her and of how brilliant she is and how she brings everybody together Donna Parker Scarlet and she's very much loved and she did that piece about yeah. bringing people together let's not be let's be kind on social media and then uh, we cut to the situation <laughs> and Jiffy kind of shuts her down very I think it's, um, it's a nice idea but it's not realistic it'll never happen yeah I mean yeah, it, almost a caricature of a grumpy old bastard. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I get what, like, what he said. You know, obviously he's taken abuse since since he. Yeah. Some of it, uh, something self-inflicted with Jiffy. I, I might say he's not. Let's not make out that he's an angel who doesn't love a a, a bit of a a bit of a joust back and forth with people. Anyway, he likes to to wind people up. But yeah, yeah, badly timed at least. Well, yeah. Oh, honestly, I <clears throat> I didn't watch it because <clears throat> I must admit I'd forgotten it was on. And then I get sent a clip, and as soon as he started talking, I couldn't tell you what he said because as soon as he started talking, I knocked it off because I knew from that <laughs> first two three words it was gonna just fucking irritate me. So I, I I couldn't tell you what he said. I know the gist of it. 
but it's Jiffy, so he's going to be dismissive. He's going to be, I've had to deal with it. If he's had to deal with it since 1960-odd, whatever it was, he started playing rugby. Um, it, there wasn't social media then, was it? So no. people couldn't access it into your own living room there and then, could, could they? They could I have a go at you in the press. They could have a go at you on the sidelines of the yeah, pitch, but they couldn't. I don't think people are going to go back to every single game that he played, whatever code it was, and say, yeah, you did that wrong in that in that year. I'm yeah. going to troll you now for that. And I'm like, okay. He should stick can to counting, shouldn't he? Can I say one player that has got good praise this week, though, is Gavin Henson, because he's now making his debut for... Yes. Another fight. I'm like, that <laughs> man has had, I don't know how many... I don't know how many teams that man. I think Chris Ashton and him are on like path the amount of teams that they can play for at the moment. <laughs> More clubs than Tiger Woods. Oh, but, uh... it's just literally. It's like you you think you Gavin Hens. Oh, another club, another club. You're like right, okay, but fair play to him. Good on him to actually go um, out there and play again. <laughs> like Ashton mixing it up with with chords as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, I like I said to you the other day, Steph. Like this weekend, we've got it all. We've got the Super Saturday. I know it's obviously different because of France and Scotland game. You then you've also got a South Wales football derby. You've got Gavin Henson making his debut on Sunday, and you've got Line of Duty Sunday night. So I think it's probably the, the best weekend going, is it? I think coming up. It's Line of Duty. Isn't it? it is his class. <laughs> the same Gavin Henson, Steph. The other thing I wanted to mention to you the other day, which is slightly off topic, is I didn't realize Randy Chase played for the same team. Uh, that, that's what a sighting that is. He's signed. Uh, he signed after Ensign. He signed a couple of weeks ago. So it's a brilliant. It's a hell of a pair. I mean, we talked about Ben Youngs playing until in his nineties, but I think those two were. Uh, they're not exactly pushing up daisies yet, but Jesus Christ, they're not spring chickens either. No, that's it. Well, I, well, I mean, well, because Gavin Henson now is a pub as well, doesn't he? So yeah. I don't know if that, that's like on the back burner now, and he's just going to go and maybe yeah, uh, <laughs> he'll leave. He's going to use it to, to drum up trade. <laughs> yeah. Sponsor himself. You know, yeah. Gavin Henson is sponsored by the Fox and Hound Club. He's done that with the football team, isn't he? There's, there's the Sunday League football team is yeah. the Fox and Hounds, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I mean, it, that's the way. That's the way to go, though. Sponsor yourself. Like, just, just <laughs> yeah, buy a pub. Sponsor yourself. Can, can Jiffy sponsor himself to be silent? Is that all right or not? Mm, I don't think that would work. It's comic relief on Friday. You should. Drop him a tweet and see if he blocks you, but suggest it. <laughs> um, we've also had, uh, since we last recorded, the draws for Europe. <laughs> so yeah. we'll, we'll quickly go through them. I was going to say, we'll start with the Challenge Cup, because uh, that's <laughs> what both of your teams are. So yeah, thanks for that, Steph. <laughs> it's a bit... It's a bit bizarre. It's just it's just bizarre when they announced it. Like, yeah, like I'm glad that we've got a home we've got a home one purely because we won our two games anyway. And I'm like, okay, but it's just it's just bizarre. It all feels a bit strange. <laughs> it did the tip. It it was typically rugby, and they made it overly complicated as well <laughs> for no apparent reason. And if they were going to draw the quarterfinals, I didn't understand why they didn't just do like the brackets like we have in like World Cups and think just like, well, the winners then will play the yeah. winner and let's just draw the teams. And that's what you have they play. not done that? No, they did a, They did two draws. So they but, did a draw, yeah, for the quarterfinals. Yeah. And then they did a whole other, oh, sorry, for the, the last 16. Yeah. And then they did a whole other draw for the quarterfinals. <laughs> yeah. So like yeah. Ospreys, we could, it's, it's, we've got Newcastle. At home, 
And then the quarterfinal will either be against Le- 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 Leicester or Connell. And I'm like, okay, can we just focus on one game at the moment, not who we <laughs> no, will potentially play in the next round? Well, we say that, Kate. I looked at the draw and went, hmm, the Blues could make the final here. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. But I mean, I, like, like, you look at the draws, though, and they are quite some interesting draws. Like that. Dragons, Northampton, Harlequin, Ulster. That could be something. But then you look at the others and you're like, nah. Well, I, it's very it's very much such a Like, the Bird of Prey derby, as I'm calling it, uh, Ospreys against Falcons. That's a, the potential to be a good game, depending on whether the Falcons put out the full team or not, because they've been putting weakened teams out in the pool stages. And, and whether, whether or not the Ospreys have a fully fit team as well. Yeah. But uh, potentially, and I, I again, I've made nothing of Bears and Falcons. I, I love in England, so it'll be great to watch that game for me. It would have been great if I could have gone down and watched that game, but I don't think that's... See, I could have, if fans were allowed, I could have gone to the London Irish Blues. Yeah, same. Or Harlequins Ulster. <laughs> Either one. <laughs> Montpellier-Glasgow, also uh, potential to be a great game. The question is that I've got for the Challenge Cup, does anybody other than the Blues care? Other than who? The Blues. Who are the Blues? The the region currently known as the Blues. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Okay. Um, um, probably not. Me. I, I had um, 80 minutes where I cared last year, which was when Bristol got to the final. And I was like, oh, because the Bears had come so far of getting promoted, getting to Europe, it felt like a logical step. That okay, this is them cementing that actually we're here to stay. And so I actually cared for 80 minutes. I cared. I think that's the first time I've cared about it since it was called the Parker Pen. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it doesn't help with the Pro 14 at the moment. No one actually knows how many teams are going into the. <laughs> into it the next year whether it's three or whether it's four and the Welsh teams don't actually know if any of them will qualify or all four will qualify that's the problem at the moment no one knows what the qualification is for for next year so the Welsh teams could be focusing on this to say actually we need this to qualify but then again we don't know how we're going to qualify with the other way I mean, to be fair, we are talking about a league where the final league games take place after the final. Yeah, um, no, that's that's that's. So organisation's never going to be a strong point. No, I mean, like it's <laughs> the two, it, it's it's two teams that the Ospreys kind of need to focus on what's going on as well that play after the final, which it's <laughs> a bit like okay, we can't lose focus until that game's done. And you've already been given an extra two teams to concentrate on in Europe now. <laughs> no, it's like, okay. That's all right. Just just play the kids so the Blues can win it. It's fine. No, 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 no. Well, that's that's been the Blues tactics for you. Wait until nobody else cares and then we'll have a go winning it. Yeah. <clears throat> can I just say, though, that the, the weekend of the 2nd, 3rd and 4th of April, I cannot wait to see many Cardiff Blues forwards running at a certain Irish fly off. Yeah. yeah. Men- mentioning no names of all Mentioning no names, yeah, because he needs no... Yeah, praise unless you're called any power. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I did, some of his comments of late have been very, eh, anyway. Yeah, 
very, very, um, yeah, yeah, we'll leave it there. Uh, and then obviously the other competition, the Einigan Cup, the, the Champions Cup, the whatever you want to call it, our cup. Yeah, it's all a bit, I don't know, it's just the way they've done it. It just doesn't like Leinster Toulon. If Toulon were like as good as they were, that would have been like a good game, but it's one of those where they're still two of the best teams in Europe. Yeah, they are. But absolutely do not particularly want to watch that game. No, it's gonna be a ball fest, isn't it? Whereas Gloucester at the moment, definitely not one of the best teams in Europe, but the idea of them taking on La Rochelle quite excites me. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Scarlet's playing Sale. Yeah. There's a few good fixtures in there, I think. I mean, but... Sale do have most of the South African side in their team, but... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that could be a good game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Munster Toulouse, I'm looking forward That's to. That's going to be the game of the round. The, the ra- sorry, the game of the round, isn't it? Munster oh, you at home. And I'm a, a big fan of Munster, as you know, for considering an Irish team. I was a big fan of Munster, and then they went and signed Damien Dialende, and then they went even further, in my estimations. Mind crush. You don't have to say it like that's the thing I'm going to hide. Like, I think that's quite clearly out there that my love for Damien Dialende knows no bounds. I have um, one big question about that game, though, and uh, who our friend Patricia is going to be supporting, because obviously you've got DuPont <laughs> and uh, DuPont well, and Zalak in, yeah, in there. Carbonell's there as well, I mean. And then surely the Hollywood fixture of uh, that road, Wasps claim on. Yes. Absolutely anything could happen in that game. As in throwing a ball around, that, that could be a completely mental one, couldn't it? Yeah. It could, it could be 12 all or it could be 50 all, couldn't it? That yeah. Could... Or... or you wouldn't put it past Claymont putting 50 points on Wasps or, or Wasps sneaking a victory. Yeah. But you would have thought that the rugby's going to be of the eye. No, I've said it. It's going to be a nil-nil or a, a, a drop goal in the 79th minute to wrap it up. And you know my love of drop goals. Um, no comment. <laughs> but, yeah, that's got the, the writings of that could be an absolute joy to watch. Yes, it's going to be... Um... It's going to definitely be a game that I think hope, uh, and I know most of the games are on at the minute, but hopefully that's definitely one of the games that is shown on telly because occasionally they don't put everything on, don't they? And, and that's one of the ones you probably want to make sure that is is on. You could probably get away with our extra played Leon today and we missed it, but to wanting to have that Wasps game not on telly potentially would be a bit of a crime. Well, for the sake of me wanting as many people to watch good rugby as possible, I'm hoping Channel 4 get that game and put that on. Mm. I, I think they, 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 they probably will I've got a funny feeling they're going to end up going with Exeter Leon <sighs> which seems like an opportunity missed but yeah Wasps Wasps claim on if they can get that game on like the people that I know will watch a game if it's on Telestrial Telly I hope, I hope they don't do like they put like like they've done in the past is put two big games on at exactly the same time yeah. Well, that was the only two games I really wanted to watch that weekend. Yeah, so. and then you're like, oh, yeah, we put them both on at three o'clock. Sorry, guys. <laughs> and I, th- I think we can all agree that we don't want Map Seven to be on telly, which is Rassin against Edinburgh, because we all know what's going to happen there. Well, I'm all for watching a Rassin masterclass. I've got, I've got no skin in the in the game as far as Edinburgh go, 
if this is just Russin doing Russin things, I'm happy. For it'll that. be a it'll be a Finn masterclass. Yeah, if I get to watch Finn Russell and Simon Zebo and just just Russin, all of Russin. So is that is that Finn on a pitch with lots of Scottish rugby players that he's better than? Just basically a normal weekend for him. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That Stuart Hogg's not there, so... Yeah. Um, so, well, gonna... about 12 others aren't there either because Scotland seem to all play in England at the moment. <laughs> Which is difficult when you're trying to rearrange a France game because they went for waffles. Oh, I know. They better be there. bloody good waffles, though. Well, this is my worry. I, I thought that someone might have snuck out of the Welsh camp. There's a couple of boys here that look like they're waffle eaters. Oh, um, I... I've done some research as well since the last pod. Have you I found have a, your TripAdvisor review from... No, I've done some Orville research. I, I have a colleague who has a South African husband, so I asked, as a South African, what Paul Wilhelmsey would have had, because I suggested steak. And apparently, for this South African would have strawberries and maple syrup for his waffles. I thought, you were gonna, I thought you were going to tell me which is the closest waffle house to the stadium in Paris. Uh, I, I, I haven't done that, that much research. Oh, I was okay. expecting a, a waffle house in Rome inside scoop. That's not the name of the Waffle House in Rome. It would be a good name <laughs> for a waffle slash gelato. Do you think, do you think though, for like the next, like when, like next six nations, they could probably like advertise that out, but like, this is the game that caused <laughs> all the problems. Come and buy our waffles. Waffles so like, good they're worth losing a Grand Slam for. <laughs> I mean, come on. You'd get a lot, you'd get a lot from it. Like they're mar- marketing. They need, they need to market that. I, I, they should sign you up. I think that's. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find that Waffle House. <laughs> and I'm gonna market it out, and yeah. So, talking to Six Nations, then shall we move on to this this week's games? <laughs> we two yes. level face. Um, and we'll start, obviously, out in Rome, not with waffles. Damn it. Wales, Italy. We all happy? Yeah. Yeah, the result. Oh, was... You don't sound happy, Jesus Christ! No, do, do you know before what? And... Before, it's the I, 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 I... we had a bonus point before half time. What's the face for? No, I... it was just boring, wasn't it? Well, I'm going to dive in here. Then it was a training game. Because yeah. <laughs> this could have been a contender for Wanka for me. Because part of the reason it was boring is because of ADV. Because IDV absolutely broke me. Yes. Where every time Wales broke a line, scored a try, did something. It wasn't just me as well. I was, it was like, I can't celebrate these tries because the commentary was so flat. Mm. There was absolutely no why... emotion on top of the fact this... there's no crowd. This is why the Six Nations needs to be just on the BBC at the moment because yeah. the BBC do it so well. You even look at the... like the. I'm going off tangent here, but the pundits in the studio, yeah, they were, they were, you had one from each country and then you had a neutral, not, it's, yeah, like the England game, you had three English players. Well, I think representing France was Johnny Wilkinson. No, they had Serge Betson on the touchline, didn't they? Yeah. If he's there, put him in the studio. Put him, yeah, don't. Well, it's not like there's, there's not enough English-speaking French. French players they could have put in there. And, like, exactly. they used Benjamin Keyser before now, so let's whack him up there. He's yeah. a good-looking guy, brilliant personality. Like, he's perfect to be put in front of that camera. 
let's whack him in the studio. But IDV, it was absolutely horrific. It was awful. We we were running in tries for fun. It should have been a celebration. Yeah, it was just, it was flat and it was, yeah. And the bonus point, the bonus point when the, the bonus point for half time was just the cherry, the cherry on the top, and it like we, we were always going to win to get it early, but I think that first half was just like Ken's two tries for me were I, just basically as if they were playing against Pontypridd in a training game on the on the Wednesday or whatever. They like there was no there was nothing coming back. There was no one stopping them. They could run whatever they wanted to. It showed that in the second half. I think we tried a few. Back moves in the second half, which were going nowhere near, like yeah. the, to hand, but it didn't matter because it, Italy were not going to get any deception or not going to try and nick the ball. And you just think, like, don't want to put a downer on it because it's four out of four and we're going for the jam slam on Saturday. But it's just a case of what got on, me. Like, it, bit... it was it, it was like literally as soon as George North scored that try, yep, you're off. Yeah. <laughs> like it will just yank you. And I'm, I'm glad that they took players off to keep them for next week because I don't think that team's going to get changed despite everyone saying that Dan Bigger needs to be dropped Dan Bigger needs to be this Dan Bigger needs to be that no he doesn't he he doesn't See, um, I, I'm loving bringing I've talked about this all before I'm loving bringing Sheedy off the bench I'm loving bringing Alawal off the bench and I'm loving awfully we love Thomas on the bench for the France game and if we can bring those three off with 20 minutes it Jesus works Christ. that's the yeah. thing it's People don't understand. They're like, well, Dan Bigger's not being played very well. Callum Chidi's a better player. It works. Why Why change something that works? And I, I thought Dan was say, fantastic on Saturday. I was going to say it was a hell of a response from Bigger. Because Chidi is putting pressure on and that's the way he should be at the international. Yeah. You should have someone biting it. What, what got me should. was reading a lot of tweets about Jared Evans, especially from Cardiff fans, saying he should be in the side. This is the perfect game. This is the this. This is this. And I'm like... Sheedy, I think Pivak made a Pivak picked Sheedy to see what he could do at the start, and it's paid off. So why are you going to change a player that is coming on, controlling the game? Okay, he's found his kicking boots now, which we we had a bit of a panic at the start when he missed. It was a bit like okay, but he's found his kicking boots. He controls the team. He plays well with the backs. Why change that now and bring in Jared Evans, who could completely change it and it could go wrong? Well, I, I, rate, I rate Jared Evans a lot, but I think he'll get picked for the summer tour. Yeah. But. I think it's the same people as well, though, who were complaining about the autumn. and how we didn't play well in the autumn, when clearly the reason we didn't was because we chopped and changed. Pivak went, let's chuck players in positions, let's call people in, let's see who can do what, let's see who can cope. Um, we didn't, but we. I think he knew. We, I think he still wanted the results, and he's he's been quite open about that. He still wanted to perform. They would have wanted a couple of wins, but it was clear from the outset. This is going to be used to experiment. This is going to be throwing people in, see who sinks and who swims, and then that's when he's given players chances. And, and you say Sheedy's come in and he's grown. And he looks superb, and he looks every bit the international player. And he's one of the ones that I I've been saying for like as a base fan. I, Dying to get him in a wheel shirt. Yeah. Seeing him put an England shirt on to play against the Barbos, I was absolutely gutted. So the fact he didn't put it on a second time, I'm delighted. So it's great to see him out there doing it. 
I agree. I, why would you want to then change and go, let's give someone else a goal, let's give someone else a chance. Let's try like and what we've seen this year is no teams done that for Italy. No yeah. one's come into the Italy game and gone, right, we're gonna make wholesale changes. Even France came in and made like they made two changes from the Italy game. The next thing they Pinot came out and uh was it Walkie or whoever else came out of that team. 13 players stayed exactly the same. Mm. And like nobody's come in this year. And I think that's why. We talk about, yeah, it was a bit like a training run, but I think it's like the old boxing adage of like you take the body out and eventually you just wear them down. And that's really with 20 minutes, we just blitz them. Yeah. And, and then like, they were out on their feet, like there was there was nothing they could do. We controlled the game brilliantly. There's comment there's comments that keep like Italy is the worst performance they've had. They need to be dropped from the Six Nations, they need to be this and they need to be that. I, I don't think they do. You look at their club side, they are gradually getting up there. The players are coming, their under 20 side is good. Those players are going to end up coming. I think the problem with Italy, they can't get their coaches right. That is the problem. It's the coaches, the players are there, but the coaches aren't quite there. And it's funny you should say about like the clubs because that's been my point all along. They came in in 2000 and then completely ripped the guts out of their game because the club game went and they went to the, the two super club model. We've the, Since the two clubs that came in, we've now lost. And not even at the same time because we're going to have a refill. One went, then the other one went. and So so they've had no real solid stability to, be, to build that national team on. So now, like I said, we've got two solid Italian teams who are yeah. all right. They're not, they're not you know, Competing for for titles in the pro, they're not competing for titles, but they are beating and they are pushing. Yeah, they're winning games and they're competing in games. Yeah, and they're they're not the whipping boys that they were when they first came in. And then, as you say, we've got an under twenties team that are performing, and all right, we've seen a lot of them come in at once. Where he's gone right, it's it's this big bang. Like we're doing it, not going to bring these players through. We're going to build them in the national. Yeah, they've got to trust. They've got to trust the process with Italy and just keep it going because they will eventually come through. I mean, everyone thought everyone everyone always wrote off Scotland. Yeah, and look where they're going now. So I think Italy need to stay at the moment because I'm old enough to remember nineties rugby and Wales were shit. No, we've got more Six Nations Grand Slam than any other nation. If you had told me that in the 90s, I would have told you you're a fucking idiot. So, something you, you just, just rephrase, a little bit rephrase of time. that because on can rephrase that because on Saturday, Alan Wynne Jones will have yeah. more Grand Slams in Six Nations history than England, Ireland, and Scotland. I'm right. Well, individually, if he wins this, he'll have more Six Nations Grand Slams than than any individual nation bar Wales. Yeah. And then, yeah, he'll have the same as England and Ireland, Scotland and Italy put together. Yeah. So that's that's pretty impressive. That's that's not a bad little... Hence the nickname God. Yes. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I think we can say about Italy being poor, but half hour in, we had a bonus point wrapped up. Yeah. Half hour in against England, Italy was still very much in that game and, and giving them a yeah. skate. So I think a lot of it's come down to how good we are. Would we much improve? And this is what I was going to say earlier, but when you talk about Father Tau and Tipperick turning up on the wings and playing as wingers, that's what we've done for a year now. Yeah. Yeah. Just as I kept 
bang my head against a fucking brick wall and say, like, it'll click. When it comes together and clicks, we'll be a fucking good team. And it's clicked. And so it was joyous to watch me. Like, I know it was it was Italy and so it's another thing, but I, I loved watching it. I loved watching the things that were going wrong in the autumn, go right. The balls that weren't quite sticking to hand suddenly come. I mean, we've got, have we seen it in the last year, like Wynn Jones acting as a pivot? We've got Ken Owens is suddenly like fucking Ioani and he's running in tries for fires. So absolutely great. I loved it. What a game. Great game. Bigger was, I would have given Bigger man the match, not just for what he did controlling the game. Defensively, I thought he was immense. Mm. He put in some massive hits in our first 20 minutes of it on Italian players. He looked up for it, he looked aggressive. Despite what some previously bird nations who felt like decisions haven't gone their way, there was nothing wrong with the clear out on the Italian just after they reviewed the the uh, head injury. The there was absolutely nothing wrong with it. He comes in, his body position is good. He doesn't make a connection with the head. He does try to wrap. It's absolutely fine. Shoulder on shoulder, there's no problem here. I get that people are pissed off for this this year because they feel hard done by. But what I'm going to say is, stop smashing our fucking players in the face. And it's not a problem, is it? One one thing about Dan Bigger as well, he's also been a lot less vocal with refs this time around. Which he's been a, a, he's lot, been a lot less Dan Bigger, hasn't he? Yeah, a lot of people always say to him, say about him, he's always he's, he's always moaning and always this, but he's actually he hasn't this time. And it's he's I think since he's gone to England, I think Northampton are moulding him very very well now, and they love him there. I, 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 I know it was mentioned a couple of weeks ago on the pod, but I think going to Northampton and getting older, which doesn't normally happen with tens, he seemed to be. I can say for tens me, always get older. Huh? Tens do always get older. No, no, what I'm saying is, but like <laughs> always, when you have a ten, normally, like you see someone like Ron Nogara, when he first started, he was a running ten because they had Humphreys before, and he was the kicking ten. As he gets older, they become a, a more of a kicking ten, and the younger guy is the running ten. Yeah. So, like, with Wales, Bigger would be the one who would be the controller, and then you bring on someone like Sheedy. But for me, Bigger is getting, as he's getting older, he's becoming more of a run, running 10, whereas he, five, six years ago, he was that controlling 10, you were the one you want to bring on to finish the game off or whatever. Whereas now, because of the way he is at Northampton, he's running more. And I think that's, that's an even bigger threat because he does the, the high kicks and chases himself. He can kick to the corners, but he can run as well. And I think it's a couple of years ago, he wasn't running. doing that. It's huh? not just a running. What we've seen was he sort of was throwing those perhaps more high-risk passes that we've seen him throw a miss to, to Josh Adams. He's throwing, being a bit more creative then than mm. he's given credit for. I think a lot of that comes down to, again, because we did this with Jamie Roberts. They were, oh, Jamie Roberts is so one-dimensional. All he does is carry. And you, Yeah, because that's what he's being told to do. Because if he yeah. does something else, it doesn't work because that's not the game plan. And so I think Bigger suffered from that a little bit, where they got, oh, Bigger comes on, he just controls, and he just he's, he's very robotic, and saying this, you know where he's going to... Yeah, because that's what the game's based on. <clears throat> so, of course, he's not going to come on and try these kicks or try something fancy, or he's going to try a miss two, because that's not... Whereas now we're going, right, we're going to look for offloads, we're going to look to bring players in out wide, we're going to look to spread the ball quickly, and he's doing it because it's what he's being asked to do. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I think he was absolutely superb on Saturday. And what we've seen is he's become a leader more than anything. <clears throat> he stepped uh, from complaining and shouting to it actually dictating and directing and telling players. Yeah. Where he wants them. And 
every time Wales Online do one of these what you didn't you say every piece is just Dan Baker talking for 80 minutes. And that's that's he's been superb. The other one that impressed me again on Saturday that I don't think he'll start, but could have potentially give a selection. I thought Corey Hill was very good. Yeah. I had I had this conversation with my uncle this afternoon. I gave him a bell just to see how he was, and uh, I asked him about the rugby because we used to go to obviously the games and stuff together. And he he said he, he tried to take a bit of um um what's the word I'm looking for? He, he basically tried to say the reason why we Wales are doing so well is because a comment he made on a Facebook post in the autumn saying that Wales were only good when Adam Beard played. And he went, they must have listened to me because he's come back in and he's been fantastic. And I went, okay. I said, so what you're basically saying is the same thing I tried to do on the pod when Dan, Dan Lydia came back in that it's all done to me. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> he, um, but no, he, like Corey Hill, Adam Wynne Jones, Adam Beard, there's not many international sides or even club sides that have a better three. Like, I know you can add Jake Ball into that, but I, th- I have a feeling Jake Ball's played Saturday because that was just going to be his 50th cap and then that's the end of it. Like, we're not going to see him again. Um, it's a shame because obviously he's not going to have a send-off in Wales and stuff, but obviously he'll have that with the Scarlets. But um, <sighs> who, who do you pick, I suppose? And it's a good headache. Like I think I think you're, we're going to have France have got big second row, so I think we need to start with with Adam B. And he's been fantastic as well. He's run the lineup and stuff for the Ospreys. He's, I think he's he's a lineup caller for Wales as well, which is which is brilliant. The, um, the, Os- the, Os- the Ospreys provide good second rows. Just putting that out there, <laughs> we're providing. Um, but yeah, I, th- I just think I just think he'll come in. I have another one. And it might be contentious, and I don't want to necessarily sort of change your winning team, but I have a feeling because of how I think the game is going to go, you may want a, more of a defensive fullback. So I can see Halfpenny starting, maybe is another kicking option. I don't know if he will. We may keep it as it is, but I think he's probably a better defender than Liam Williams. And I'm not saying we will change it, but I can see that being considered. Um, because of how France are, they're like obviously with Doulan as well with his kicking. Um, it may not happen. I, I, you know, it, we may just keep as it is, and the twenty-three may not change apart from maybe Jake Ball and maybe Reese Carey. I don't know, but I have a feeling that that'll be an option for the weekend. I'm not saying it'll happen, but I think it's something that they'll consider. I think it, for me, there's only we we'll, we we'll look at the same team as played against England. Mm. I think the only thing is. Ut- whether we start Thomas Williams at nine because he was a first choice nine, I think the fact he's been out injured for so long now. France is a big game. France against Dupont is a big game to go right. Step back in, lad. Yeah. So we carry on with Gareth Davis in there. Yeah. Whether we stick with Foxy at twelve or we look at Johnny Williams come back in. Personally, I think we stay with Foxy. Yeah. It's it's not. He's not been remarkable, but he's been solid. And he's he's getting back to that level. We never. I don't think we're ever going to see 2017 Foxy again. No, the thing is, like Foxy's been back, but he's you're not seeing him, which sometimes means that means he's doing a good job. Yeah, yeah. That hidden player, and a lot of a lot of players that don't get the recognition. I know he's a big player anyway, but you don't hear his name mentioned a lot. But he's still there, putting in as much as he can. And I think that's that's a good thing for Wales at the moment is having someone like him. 
okay, he's he's yeah, he's not back to what he was, but he's still doing what he does. I think the other thing is just by having him there, he's always in your head. Like if you're defending that, because this is what I said about like with the England game when we talked about we did the preview before the England game. There's so many attacking options off the back of there that you can flood through those channels now. That and you know that Liam Williams is going to cut the line. You've got North who's playing at an outside centre, who's a winger, but then can drift. Josh Adams comes looking for work. We've already seen that Louis Salmon is not shy coming in looking for work. So you've got options that come through the middle constantly and then you can't switch off because it's Foxy. So even if he's not involved in that game, you know you've still got to do your job because at any point he can be, he can break a line. He's a big ball carrier. He picks a good angle. And then we've got that option of, right, shit, we've got to defend narrow because we've got two massive ball carriers coming down there and wingers coming. But then if Wales go wide, shit, you've got Libby Summit, you've got Josh Adams, you've got North just and you've got Liam William. Like, it's got to be a bastard to defend that back line. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't get my head around how difficult it must be to defend against that. And then when you think you've got it all assessed, Tipperick and Falatau are on the wing. Like, <laughs> I think the big thing to add on to that, though, is I think come in the other way in the sense of we played the France, we played the England game, we had two weeks off, we played against Italy, Foxy and North. You're not going to go in against the pen centre partnership of Gail Fiku and Bakatawa and go, do you know what? We'll rip it up and we'll put someone else in there. It's going to it's going to be them two in it because coming back the other way defensively, we're going to need to be solid in that centre on Saturday. Um, prob- probably one of the best 13s are probably I, I would say Bakatawa at the minute when he's on form. Offloading game yeah, and stuff as well. Also, was well behind you, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So I think you need. I think we need to stick as stick as it is. There'll, there'll be minimal changes. There probably won't be anything apart from, like I said, the Corey Hill and the um, Adam Beard change. But I think that's that back line's probably got to stay as it is now. Maybe half penny, but that's that's depending on what they. I don't think half penny. I, I say I, I threw up the the Foxy question because obviously Johnny Williams came into this clearly as Pivac's first choice of twelve, but. And I personally have mumbled and I'd be sick with the team that went out against England. Yeah, and yeah. Other than nine, obviously, because we haven't got Kieran Hardy. But and I think Gareth Davis starts here. And then if you've got Thomas Williams, who's, who's fit enough to go out and play that game. That's yeah. it. Thomas, Sheedy and Willis Hall all off the bench. It's, it's got me all kinds of excited. Well, I'm Brendan. Um, I know we're going to do a preview show. Yeah, go on. We will do, let's do a little... Look ahead. Do we think? Are we going to grand slam it? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's a lot of confidence. Now, you know full well that I've been saying for a year that we were going to finish in the top two without mm-hmm. a doubt for this tournament. Mm-hmm. But every time we go into a game, I think we're going to lose it. Mm-hmm. Because I did say we we're going to be the first team to finish second, having won no games. Because <laughs> every time we come to a prediction, I go, "No, I can't see us doing it." Do you think experience is going to be a big one? Like everyone's talking about how, we, how good young players, Sheedy, Louis Samit, to an extent, sort of Josh Adams, Kieran Hardy, have all got the praise in this tournament. But we're still very much built on an experienced team with the likes of Ken Owens, Alan Wynn, Dan Bigger, Falatau. All these players who've been there and then Foxy, George North, if half Freddy comes by in and Leo, like, do you think that's going to be the difference? This French team, realistically, at the international level, 
still haven't won anything. Is this similar to, to going into 2013, looking for the win against England, where England are the favourites, but they've not done it before? I think this is this is a point where, and I said this on previous pods, going back to 2005, 2005, 8, 12, 19, even 13 game in Cardiff. We've not done a Grand Slam where we've won it away from home. And the boys are going to want to have a Grand Slam win away from home. So <clears throat> it's a massive... Go on, Kate. I think the thing, the thing as well in the back of their minds, they're going to be pushing it for Alan and Jones as well. Yeah, I was about to say that. That's exactly the same. other thing. They're going to push it. They're going to push it to do it for him because, he, yeah, they're going to want that. That, and I think after Gatlin going as well, everyone thought, "Oh shit, this Welsh team is going to just implode and be shit now for the next." I think Pivak is out to make a point now that. Okay, we had last year where the wins didn't come. We played crap. We changed the team around, but I think this team now, I think can can go that step further and do it this year. I think this. I was going to, the point I was going to make, but Alan Winner says I think because they probably know he's not going to be at the World Cup. This is Alan Wynn's World Cup final. Yes. So we, we didn't make it in 2019. We didn't make it in 2011. This is the World Cup final for him to win it, to have another trophy before he retires. I also think it depends on how the French team come out because you still have the French team or the French team. You you never know which French team. There was comments in some oh. of the French oh. That's a point oh. on this podcast. That's, how... that's, a fine, that's a fine on the podcast, yeah. <laughs> I can see I come in. And... There was something said. Uh, something said today about that, uh, uh, like Dupont and two other players looked tired, but they didn't pull them off. They just kept pushing them and pushing them. And I don't know if that's gonna then because they've been pushed too far in that game against England. I don't know if that's then gonna backfire next weekend on it's, France. It's gonna go it's, one or two ways, isn't it? It's gonna be they are not gonna turn up because they can't potentially win the tournament. We just need a losing bonus point. But on the flip side, that could also be France going even more batshit crazy than they normally do. So... A, a, a losing bonus point might not be enough yet. Yes. They, Math- they mathematically, it might not be enough. But they won't be they, they're going to look to respond as well from the England game. I yeah. think the pictures have fallen quite nicely for us that we had that nice little... After a week break, you've got okay, we've got Italy. Well, we didn't hit top speed, we didn't get into fifth gear. So it was a nice little build up into this game for us. Whereas they had a strong, intense, and we'll dive straight into this game now. We might as well, what we think. They had a strong, intense, incredible game against England. Like it was a superb game. And we, um, well, I always make notes when it comes to the, the games we'll be watching, Steph. And the England-France game, I have one note, and it's in capital letters, and it simply says, that start was pornographic. <laughs> Enjoyed it, then? Yeah, it was, like, that, that first try, like, the way that they obviously cut through DuPont, then 
doing his juggling skills, knocking it on, but caught it, so it doesn't matter. So it's not a knock-on, so it doesn't really count. Uh, and scoring the try was just, I think, is a great start. And obviously, England came back into it a little bit in the first half, and then France got another worldie just before half-time. Um, and I think, I think at that point, I was very confident that there was going to be a French win. But obviously, credit to England, they came, probably played the game in the tournament. I think they were probably better in attack against us at times. Than they were against France, but as a whole run game, I think that was England's best get the best game. And I know we touched on it earlier. Um, seemed to have a lot of control from nine, which doesn't normally happen. Well, Young's for our was was brilliant, mm. absolutely super. Does it worry you with the way France attacked? I think this is what no worry then. The way France attacked, they they opened up. Gaps as you'd expect France to. They created all. They they scored an absolute world of a try. And we've already, despite Gethin bringing out defensive levels up, however many notches already, Scotland and England have found a way to score against us. And it's the French style of rugby was the way they did it. They run. They they. It wasn't a ball up the jumper island style of doing it. They they played rugby, which was unusual for England. And they found goals and they, they found holes and they scored tries. What I will say on the flip side is France conceded tries and the way they conceded tries is very much the way that we like to play. So yeah. it's going to be could potentially be a great game. France are going to have that upper hand though and with the tactic of they've got Sean Edwards there now. That's that's the thing. Sean Edwards knows... No, we've got Gethin, Sean Edwards... We've got Gethin, no, we've got Gethin, but <laughs> Sean, Sean Edwards knows those older players though. So... I think I have a feeling that Sean will have something up his sleeve to to do something. But I'm hoping I'm hoping the France game goes the same way as 2019 and George North scores from an interception. Well, this is the trouble as well. We've gone off Armahina to, to somehow fuck it up for them. Be it an elbow or a stupid pass or whatever he decides to do. That that's they've taken that out of our arsenal. So that, I mean, that's they, could, they could end up having waffles again. So, <laughs> could, we, could we not just send them waffles and just like I might might see if I can find the waffle house in Italy and just get them to like deliver to Paris, get, get someone with COVID to lick them first. Yeah, <laughs> the thing is, it's like it's like it's like that, that French team, okay? They some of them had COVID, okay? Asymptomatic, they might not have had it, but they still didn't look. Like if if I if I played rugby after having COVID, I'd be done after two minutes. I wouldn't be able to to run I, to be catch my breath. I'm like, how? If I played in if I played international rugby without having COVID, I'd be done after two minutes. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't finish the warm up, so I'm fine. I, I, I would have chased that first kick and then gone right then, boys. Come on, <laughs> but for still for them to them to have to have had COVID and not had all that time away as well and to still come back and have a performance like that it's a bit like okay <laughs> they, they, they are another level I mean DuPont made a few errors yeah. and, and DuPont like he looked but, he looked tired towards the end you yeah. could see he was he was lagging and they, they should have they should have made some changes but uh, they just wanted to, to pursue with with what they had and then, speaking of that, Ireland did exactly the same thing a day later, didn't they? And stuck with players who looked absolutely bollocks and, and just carry on, carrying on. I um, 
that game for me, there was only one thing I remember from it, and that's the Finn Russell try. Because no, 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 not the Finn Russell try, the chin try. The chin try, that's right. Chin, <laughs> try. chin Russell try. Um, chin Russell try. Chin Russell's <laughs> become it. That's the name of this podcast for this week. I'm right now doing Chin Russell. Um, yeah, it, because it was just, it was just nothing. Like it was Ireland being dominant up front. Ireland probably stepping off the gas a little bit to allow Scotland into it in the second half a little bit, which then Scotland scored two tries to get back level. And then they give away a penalty straight away. It was, it, it seemed to me, and I know we haven't, we mentioned one of these before, it seemed to me as though it was simply being used to try and get one over on the opposite number to try and look good for the Lions. It didn't seem as though they were trying to go out and win for Scotland or Ireland. It, it was just a case of like, I'm up against him, I'm up against him. That's like a possibles versus probables, I suppose. So that type of game where, Everyone knew if they beat their opposite number, they'd be ahead of them because it's near the end of the season, near the end of the Six Nations, and they're trying to. And Gatland's there watching. It didn't really seem. Yeah, Gat, Gatland didn't look that enthusiastic. No, he didn't, did he? Gatland looked a bit like, why am I here? Well, it was a Scotland game. Of course, Gatland looked like that. <laughs> I'm looking but, at these. None of them are going to play. <laughs> I, I, I do rate some of the Scotland players. Like Hay- Hamish Watson. I've got a lot of time for Hamish Watson. Yeah. He, he's a good player. But as well as as well as the chin try, the thing that stood out was Roman Poit getting into that to actually see the ball get grounded, and then get knocked over as well. Well, I do like I've, I'm going to have a little rant about the Poit thing in a bit because I, speaking of Scotland, like I love Scotland, and like aside from Wales, I want Scotland even against Italy. I want Scotland to do. Well. I love Scotland. At the moment, if you're talking Lions. Like Amish Watson's quality is such a good player, absolutely brilliant. Is he going to get in that team before Tipperick? I not for me. No. And then I think we've got that problem with like Finn Russell is a world class ten. But Finn is Finn, going to pick him as his first choice ten? But Finn can do a Finn though. Finn can absolutely carve it, but then Finn can absolutely fuck it up. Yeah, that's the problem and, with Finn. That's why, and don't get like less so now, other than you the game in Europe last year where he had a fucking nightmare. Like, Gatland's not going to take a risk with him. Gatland doesn't like a risky 10. He likes a 10 who does as he's told. I think so he's not going to pay. So, Hogg and, Hog, I, and I think Van, I, I think Van, Van der Merwe would be in for me, yeah. despite his absolutely horrific positioning for that try on I Sunday. Think, I think the reason Hogg will go as well is he's that extra kicker. Like Halfpenny, yeah. he can kick. And Hogg, I, I do, I do like Hogg. And Hogg's another player since leaving Scotland as well and going to Exeter. He's he's become a better player. Yeah, he's he's upped it. And I think that's what I know. I know a lot of people say that oh, Welsh players need to stay in Wales. They need to stay here. They need to stay that. But the Premiership does help. You look at all the you look at a lot of the players that have gone from Wales to the Premiership. Fallatown. Bigger. Bigger. Yeah. And it, I mean, you look for the band when it was the big thing where everyone went to France. Like the yeah. players who went to France came back better. Phillips, Gareth Thomas, Stephen Jones came back. I, I, I love Stephen Jones anyway, but when he came back, he, he was even better than before he left. Jamie Roberts, Harlequin. Yeah. Scott Baldwin, Harlequins. Yeah. Like he's become a better player. 
Lydiet was a better Lydia. player. They're just, oh. they are, they are. I think the Premiership does help, and that's my worry is, is a bit like when it's Sheedy's time to come back to Wales, is will he go? Well, the thing is, one of the things is where will he go? Because all the regions have tens, apart from the Ospreys who are using Myler at the moment. I was going to say Myler would be about 86 by then when he went. We'll still have him. He's doing well. We'll keep him. <laughs> See if you can sign Ben Youngs to play alongside him. <laughs> That's all right. We'll, we'll be, yeah. And we'll have Alvin Jones. So. <laughs> Osprey's we'll get best. <laughs> we'll get there. I'm sure we can, I'm sure Hook will still play as well. So we'll, we'll fill the two. And that, I do completely get what you say here. Yeah. I don't know another player with the friend. Um, yeah. I do get what you're saying as well, but because I kind of got up by the same token, if it can help the regions, and we're not doing too badly because we're on the brink of another Grand Slam with this, this 60 cap rule. So we're, we're all right at the minute. Well, and another but player, I, George North as well, when he, he went to Saints and then came back to Wales, and he's become. But I. He, <laughs> North's the weird one because he went to scenes and got better. Then and he then got injured. The concussions, or he just seemed to go through a phase of injury after injury, mm-hmm. which Falata was a little bit as well at Bath, where he seems to keep getting injured playing for Bath. And then he comes back and plays for Wales and looks absolutely phenomenal. So, yeah, I can see the thing of both. I'm going to have my rant now about Poit because, first of all, Dick, right? <laughs> in I don't know why he, he did that. It was a, a very sort of eighties, nineties style refing of waiting for players to move out the way so we could see where the ball was, forgetting that we've got nine million cameras in every stadium now that can look at from every conceivable angle. Have you seen the meme for that though? Yes, with the with, with them saying shoot ease off his feet. Yeah, <laughs> what? Um, I can't remember who said. Uh, I, Nigel replied saying it's apparently he's not supporting his body weight. Um, I do like that as he goes in there and he's looking, Gray then decides to bind on the back of You notice this? If you watch the clip, he binds on to just trap him in there for a couple of seconds longer and panic him. But it, he doesn't go to the TMO. No. For me, when you look at that replay, it's held up. Yeah. Like, that, that ball's never grounded. The thing is, it's like it's like because he did that, he had to give the Scotland one though as well. It's like you can't do yeah. that and then say, "By the way, you're not having that try." I, I'm not saying the ball wasn't grounded eventually, but he obviously he said I seen it grounded, but he takes so long. Even after he comes over there, he then wanders around the other side of the ruck. So by that point, like that tackle's been completed fucking three days before. Do you think he players could, have already think, moved out of the way? So yeah, he might have grounded in now. Do you think he was trying left? Like you know, like refs get blamed and refs get the like like brace in the France England game last year and all that. Like, do you think he was trying to get like I'm going to get my controversial time now? Like I need that little bit of controversial time in the paper because I did this because all the other refs at the moment are starting to get. I thought he would have had enough of that after the Lions tour, to be yeah. honest. Like, um, yeah, but, but that, that's like years. It's like, okay, I need to have some controversy <laughs> this time round. I think it's actually more, he is probably taking it on his back where because of all the stuff that happened in the Wales-England game with the French referee, I think, it's, him, I think yeah. it's more him going, I'm making this decision. Like, if I can see it's on the, on the ground, I'm going to say it's a try. I'm not going to go to TMO. 
I, I think he's going. Was, that was in his mind a little bit. Yeah. Because he said the text that Johnny Johnny don't be scared. <laughs> 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 Which is a great quote. The thing I think the contentious try though is going back to it was the the the, the chin wrestle one because did he actually ground that ball? Yes. I, I looking at it again. It didn't look like he grounded it. That's why I was a bit like, okay, did it? Did it? Did it get? Yeah, I, I screenshot it after the and he does. You can see the does ball. It? Yeah, and it bounces back. It's very quick. Bounces back up. But yeah, he grounded. I mean, it. I, I mean, if it was if he was in the Welsh game, Josh Adams' try would probably have been given as well. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a bizarre. One. I mean, we've had a few bizarre decisions throughout this this tour. It's been it's been eventful. Yeah, it's been something, isn't it? It's been <laughs> emotional. Um, see, I was under the impression, and it's one of those ones where you think, like from my childhood, that if it hits your head and goes forward, it's a knock on. Apparently, it's not a knock on. I always thought that, but like we've all seen that game where someone's thrown a pass out, they hit the teammate in the head and gone forward, and the rest given yeah. them on. So why was it? And I, I was, I've hit the point where I thought I knew most of the laws in rugby, and now I, I I'm doubting everything. I'm I'm wanting more chin tries now. I'm, I'm wanting <laughs> players to just go out and aim for chin tries now, and just yeah I, I want this is my all I want for next week is someone to break through against France Doolan come across the cover and then whoever's got it just throw the ball up and edit because <laughs> if we can if we're allowing this yeah I just want to edit past the last man catch to the other side and score try and then I, I can I'll be happy I'm sure Reece Samet can do that I'm sure that's in his I'm yeah sure I think so he's, he can do that or We've seen Ken's neck muscles. I can break through, and he's on a he's on a run of try scoring form now. Those neck muscles, he can edit from the halfway line and over. I reckon. Let's so be honest. If, my... if Ken's breaking the line from anywhere more than ten meters out, then Ken's running straight for the line because he's not stopping, is he? No, that I'm try by the time he finishes, he would have run a mile, let alone fucking fifty yards. I'm part uh, of the union, and that was a forty meter running again on Saturday. <laughs> Twice. I'm just hoping on Saturday Alan and Jones can just go over the line. That's what I'm hoping for him to go over. It would be absolutely perfect if that game is finally poised and Alan wins scores. The winning try. The winning try to lift the Grand Slam. Yeah. And I can find I can finally change my screensaver then as well. Because <laughs> it is it, still him. <laughs> I'd expect nothing less, kid. 2019, that is. I have photos of you on Twitter with Alan Wynn from God knows when. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll um, we'll wrap up the the weekend review here and move on quickly to our, our winners and wankers to wrap it all up. So um, if we go winners first, uh, Kate, let's have your winners for the week. It has to be the interview, Bristol Bears, Max Lahif. Lahif, I can never say his last name right. But his interview that he did on BT. Oh, and then Bristol have now started, like Bristol Today put out another interview that he did previously as well. And he's just... During the uh, playing a, a French team in Europe, I can't remember. Who they yeah, they, 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 yeah, because he's now ended up on like Sport Bible, um, Accidental Partridge. He's, uh, he's ended up on everything now, and it's just, I don't know, 
more players need to interview like that. More players need to just do that. He's so... But yeah, but even if you look at his Instagram videos as well, like the the one, the, the training ground for, for Bristol, um, the away game in Connaught as well, it, it's just the way he comes across. It's so like, okay, he doesn't seem like a typical rugby player. He's actually just speaking how how he, he wants to. And he, yeah, he's definitely my, my winner this week. <laughs> Well, um, I've got a couple. Um, I was going to name a couple of players. Obviously, a few players from different teams had 50th caps at the weekend, so congrats to them. Um, Jimmy Gopeth was fantastic in the same game because uh, obviously he's admitted that there was a try when, which meant Dixon, Dixon didn't have to go to TMO. Um, but the one that I'm going to use for my one this week um, is uh, our good friend Jessica Hayden. Um, so she's a friend of the pod. She's had a wonderful. She's a wonderful rugby journalist. Received a lot of shit on Twitter this week, but none of it was deserved. Um, with her class, her intelligence, her damn right badass nature, she said a massive fuck you to the people who tried to put her down. Uh, well done, Jess. And if you need it, we have your back. Um, yeah. So is Jess, because she's been absolutely brilliant. The shit that she's got twice for two separate things. Arseholes. Um My winners this week are Ashton Hewitt for throwing up the A's. And the people who turned the women's Lions vote back around after people came on and started voting no. And I don't want to say they were all sexists and misogynists, but I'm going to say that at least 85% of them were. Um, and I've got no statistics to back that up, but fuck it, I'm making up the 85%. But for people to come back on and turn around and cheer and say, vote on this, let's use our common sense, let's get this going, this is a massive thing and turning around in the last minute winners. My other winner is also Gavin Henson as well for still keep playing because he is going to be that 86 year old rugby player and he will he's another one that the Ospreys outside centre outside up for the Ospreys we'll take him we'll take him <laughs> it's going to be a Vets team it's going to be uh, your wankers kid um, people on Twitter that have no understanding and always think that they should go for the seven points, even though, yeah, it's just some of the comments I saw. It's from the same people saying, "Oh yeah, why didn't he go for the? Why didn't he go for the try? Why didn't he go for the try? We need to go for the try." No, you're this many up. Stick with the points. It's just, yeah, it's a constant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I have absolutely no argument from you on that one. Well. And following on from your winner, actually, um, all of, and I will emphasise the point, the fucking idiots that voted no when asked about launching a women's Lions rugby team. Um, and James Lowe, I just don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> See, all my issues with James Lowe now, because I, I didn't used to like his attitude, I'll be honest. I, I thought he, he's one of those players that just rubs people up the wrong way. All my issues now with James Lowe are to do with his hair. So I'm just going to leave it there. Um, my wankers this week, and I'm going to turn it in a little bit serious, is um, on the back of what's been a really difficult week for discussions and for women in society. And when you've got people like the Met Police telling women not to vote after a certain time, and when they're for someone to reply, a well known rugby podcaster, I'm going to leave it at that, to reply to a tweet about uh, the comments talking about a men's curfew if we're going to talk about a women's one to make a pathetic joke on the tone of that tweet and then call women irrational for having fear of going out at night. And anyone else 
rugby related or not, who's feeding into that fucking narrative of my wankers for this week is where women are being killed and raped and assaulted. Our dickhead men can sit in the house and make stupid fucking comments and tweets like that, being absolutely unhelpful and feeding in to the absolute fucking wankers who are committing those crimes in the first place. They're my wankers for this week. And if anyone who's like listening to this and doesn't like that, just stop fucking listening. I am got a problem with it. If you want to tweet me thing, I'll tweet you fucking back. I know you can just unfollow me because I, that is one thing that I'm going to be absolutely unfucking shakeable on. So that's my wankers for this week. Nothing else needs to be said, does it? <laughs> that's not, honestly, to the point of I've been so fucking wound up by this this week. And from we've all got people in our lives and like the number of women in our lives that have had to live through this and these experiences to see people make comments on Twitter. Like this is something that is genuinely close to me anyway. It was absolutely fucking disgraceful. So yeah, well, I, but we'll leave that at the end of the as we look forward to, we'll try and we'll do a preview pod for this week. Big week coming up, hopefully a grand slam coming up. Hopefully a nice big one for, for Alan Wynn. I'm not going to rub it into other nations about how he's going to set a record above the number that they've won. We're not going to say that. We're not going to mention that again. Until the podcast, after he does it, and then I will say it. <laughs> it's all going to go fucking Because that will be the cherry on the top of the cake. I've um, I've got my Jam Slam beers in ready. I will be tweeting those again. Thanks to Rihanna and Johnny for bringing those to my attention. So they'll be there. Perhaps we'll even check out the Jam Slam t-shirt if we do it because I've been putting designs together. <laughs> so um, we'll end it there. Well, thanks as always for, for doing what you do. Kate, absolute star, thanks very much for joining us and hopefully we'll get you back on again soon. Yep, and when the Ospreys win the, um, yeah. I, look, I, I meant, you know, realistically we'll get you back on again soon. I don't want Ospreys winning things, like you don't want to come back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do want to come back, don't worry. <laughs> Thank you both. You've been listening to Rock and Roll in association with Health and Adversity, tackling mental health together. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.